Father, thank you for giving us another opportunity to come before your presence, think about your word, to look at your word, and to see that you are very serious about building your house. You've set, you've set different people to build it, and you use unlikely people to do it, but it's all in your sovereign will. You place members in the body as you see fit, and you can take those outside of the body, and you can mold and shape this world to do your will. Nothing can stop you from doing your overarching will. We can stop ourselves from being submissive, but then we'll be submissive to your will of damnation. What a wonderful God we serve. That's you. Help us as we go through. And look at how you've dealt with your people before and to realize how you will deal with us right now. Amen, amen, and amen. So this is the political station or political situation that's going on in America right now. President Donald J. Trump and Vice President or ex-Vice President Mr. Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Or Joseph Biden, and people getting upset. Uh, people that are calling themselves Christians, they get angry with each other. If one said that he likes Trump, the other one said, "I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to be your friend." Based upon that, if someone said they love Biden or they like Biden, that person, I'm not going to be your friend. Yet we can have people in our churches that commit adultery, but we'll still talk and be their friend. We can have people in our church that go out and often, boldly commit fornication, live in fornication, and we'll still talk to them. We'll know that people will go and cheat on their husbands or their wives. They will do anything that's in debaucheries. They will go and they will join activist groups that promote pedophilia, that do not even care about the patriarch, the patriarchal society that God set up, make fun of the Bible, and you will still be their friend. But because somebody has got you to get on the team, whether it's Trump or whether it's Biden, if anybody's, I've seen things where if anybody go along with this man, you're not my friend or you can't talk to me. How? Is it that we as the people of God can be so invested in a charade, in the kabuki theater, the Japanese kabuki theater? How can we get so involved in what people are saying as if we have no God? As if every time that we have voted, I'm talking primarily black people right now, not exclusively, but black people, black people, when I say black, it's because there are certain privileges that are given to you that if you're black, but if you call yourself African-American, that does not necessitate that you have to be black. It does not mean you are the children of of enslaved people, because there's a legal fiction that's tied with terms. Black people. How is it you can look at all the voting that you've done in the last 50 or 60 years and say it made you equal to the lawgivers? When I say lawgivers, I'm talking about the state. Are you equal with the lawgivers? Are you equal when it comes to what penalty will be, 
what privileges it will be, whatever is going to be given. Is it going to be given to people that have done nothing for the United States, or at least for you, and given money to what they call Israel, give money to Pakistan, if not Pakistan, but Afghanistan and all of these places, raise up the feminist women and do things for them, the LGBTQ, and you're not going to ever look or say, we're going to look at the black people, and what we're going to do is we're going to calculate the, the land that we're taking from them that we know about, at least in Forsyth County and places like that. We're going to look at those whose families were made to work on farms because of sharecropping after the 13th Amendment, and we're going to see what they've lost quantitatively and what we did when we kept them from having education. We're going to look at those things, and we're going to see what we're going to do to help them have equal status. We're going to look at what the laws have done to make people criminals after the 13th Amendment with the patty rollers and when you made the police force and then you did the concrete leasing. We can look at the certain things, and that's not even touching the full iceberg, but we can see that there are things that have been done and our country have looked out for people and have done things to make things right by doing what we call reparations, repairing. Uh, I like the Bible term, restitution. Which of the parties has ever determined we really going to do everything in our power to do right by those people? Oh, we'd rather go get people and bring them across the water or let them walk across the border or let them get an HB1 status. Or we we want to get anybody else. And like um, Senator Monaghan said, we'll use benign neglect. We'll never talk about them as individuals. What we'll do, we'll talk about them as a collective so that they can get almost what people complain about when they talk about trickle-down economics. What does that have to do with your lesson today? I would submit to you that the only way that we as a people ever are going to get to the place that we can look and we can see that there's equality or either that we're in charge, it's not going to be because we get out and we march because we're still marching for somebody recognize me. Give me some help. Get your foot off my neck. Listen to me. How many of you, if you were in complete power of the country, would willingly share it and make people equal with you? It's not our human nature to do that. It would take an act of God, especially when you don't control the infrastructure, you don't control the light, uh, the electric grid, you don't control the waterways, you don't even know how to make the weather change, but they know how to make the weather change. Look at H-A-R-P technology. Put a period behind H period, A period, R period, P period. Look it up. See what kind of technology they, that they have and have already made agreements that they will not use that against each other. Do you control the satellites? But guess who does? Guess who does? The Most High God. And as we move deeper into this book of Ezra, we're going to see that the Most High God, he is the one that's going to rebuild his house. Now, he's not going to go down and build it up like this and build it up and build it up. No, what he's going to do, he's going to use people, unlikely people. And the point of our message is how is looking uh, Yahweh getting ready to have his house built, applicable to building my house, I'm talking about my body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. How is it that Yahweh is going to use this message 
if we look at it the way that it is, doesn't mean if I don't teach it fully or if I don't expound, expound upon it or expand it, I'm, I'll do my best. But the truth is here. Romans 15 and 4 says, whatsoever things were written aforetime was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. 2 Timothy 3 and 16 tells us explicitly all scripture, all of them, are given by the inspiration of God. They are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, I know some people don't like you saying, man, I'm saying what it says. The man of God may be perfect, really furnished unto all good works. But Tim, what about woman? I want I would submit to you that when we talk about man and we talk about mankind, we're talking about exclusive. I'm not exclu- I mean exclusive to mankind, but there are times when there's exclusivity that's just dealing with the male with the male. But usually when it talks about man, when it speaks of mankind, they don't have to use the Bible didn't have to use the twenty first century uh what do you call it? Nomenclature. I don't want to use a big word classification and categorization of certain things. But let's move into our text and let's see how Yahweh will build his own house. We're going to look at Ezra chapter 1 and we're going to go down to about the 8th verse and after that the Lord's will will come back the Lord's will next Thursday and work some more. Because what I'm trying to do is get it set to when I start going through those names and we look at what's in the names, and we don't. I don't want to lose you. But let me say this: this is on my mind. It's bothered me. I've been told by people, Tim, you teach over my head. Tim, you, I, I, I can't follow you. It's too deep for me. What are you saying? Are you saying that I should look at an audience? I should go to an assembly and look at the people and assess and say they're not that smart. Or look at the people and say they don't care enough about God's word. So what I'm going to do is teach down to their level and keep them like other preachers do. Let them stay at that level so that the biggest thing that they got is a hallelujah and a dance and a praise the Lord and be happy on Sunday. Or shall I teach what God's word say and give them God's word in its unadulterated flavor so that they can move up and think like they should? Should I teach the where they already think and the way they already perceive God, or should I teach what God has said and bring them up? Let's look at what the apostles did. Tim, I thought you were going to teach Ezra. I don't have to go in it. What I do is I can just tell you, look at the book of Colossians. Where it talks about the worshiping of angels, where it talks about philosophy, the wrong kind of philosophy, where it talks about the Godhead in chapter two. Shall I go into Philippians where it tells you the high Christology that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow after he was brought down low? Shall I go to in Philippians? It still talks about is God, is God in you? working and to do of his good pleasure. Shall I go into Thessalonians and say he gave those people letters of how to live and talk to them about the Lord coming at the voice, at the shout of the archangel, at the last trump. These are things they're teaching people that haven't even been in the assembly as long as most of us have. And on the last string of that, if you look in the book of Ephesians, Acts chapter 19, gives you where the people in Ephesus were serving other gods. They burned their books. Ephesians starts out 
letting you know that God predestined and those that were chosen in him before the foundation of the world that they should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated unto us the adoption of children to, Jesus, to himself by Jesus Christ I would submit to you is that over people's heads they, they hadn't uh, from what I understand hadn't even been in the assembly five years Tell them that they were dead in trespasses and sins. He has reconciled them and brought them together in Christ. Taught them that. Taught them about the depth, the length, the height, and the breadth of God's love. That's without understanding. Telling them that they should be no more children in chapter 4. Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and slight and crafty and cunningness of men. Whereby they lie and wait to deceive. In chapter 5, he tells them to follow. You follow him. As he followed Christ. We're talking about a man that says, I don't perceive my life dear. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, he said he pressed toward the mark. Now Ephesians in his six chapters. In the sixth chapter, he's teaching these new people that have been involved in witchcraft. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. He's teaching them about principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness in high places. How is it then that I'm sure we think we're smarter than those people were? We have television. We have iPhones. We have computers. We got a body of uh, information in books. We have a library of Congress. We know about DNA. But when it comes to God's word, you're teaching over my head. What are you saying? What are you saying? mean to tell me we've gone to school all these years and we've learned things that we've learned to deal with our schools and to make money but when it comes to the things of God we don't add to our faith virgin virgin knowledge do we understand that with the knowledge of the holy and with the knowledge of God that is eternal life John 17 3 the Messiah says in this life eternal that they know you the only God in Jesus Christ we have sent Hebrews chapter 8 talks about it explicitly. He writes his laws, listen, in our hearts and in our minds that we would know him, that they all should know me from the least to the greatest. And we walk around in a world trying to build God's house and we don't even know his word. We don't care about his laws. We've been told his laws, uh, his Torah, his instruction is nothing. But I want you to hear this and then we're going to show you how this fits in Ezra. In Proverbs, beautiful, 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 beautiful chapter. I, you might want to memorize this one. If not, just remember the address. Proverbs 28, verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, the Torah, even his prayer, shall be an abomination. If you tell me you don't care anything about God's law, I'm not interested in your prayer. I'm not interested in your prayer because the Bible says, he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer will be an abomination. The same thing that I see when I read the scriptures when people sing. In Amos chapter 5, verse 23, their songs have got to be an abomination because they were not following God's Torah. Because we see the word law and we think of the law of America. We think of law like some when they kill the animal. No, we're talking about Torah. Then he says, this is for the preachers. I'm going to give them one. I, I, I love to tell the truth on them. I love to tell the truth on lazy preachers that don't want to make their people grow. 
that you're teaching them the same thing that you were teaching them 30 years ago. They are not growing. They're not deciding to go and set forth God's kingdom. What they're doing is teaching their children, their people witchcraft. Do you hear me? They teach the people in the church witchcraft. Do you, do you believe me? Do you think I'm telling a God damnable lie? Let, let's look and see. When you start telling people we're supposed to rule and reign, when you start telling people we're supposed to be setting the agenda for society, that we are supposed to be the light of the world right now, and that men are supposed to see our good works, the way that we rule, the way we operate in our family, and glorify our Father. Notice the pronouns. They see our good works and glorify our Father, who, that the men, that they would see, that they would learn, that they would come to us, and that they would learn, why would men that are ungodly glorify our Father? You've gone out into the world, and you've taught them to observe all things that Christ commanded. But then why do you say we're practicing witchcraft? Because of the fact when God tells us what to do through his son, and he tells us the rule, and he tells us how to live our life, and that we're supposed to be out there not being ashamed and denying him, instead of doing God's work, we want a rapture to come. I want to get caught up in the rapture. I don't get involved in politics. I don't get involved in all of these things. And I'm not telling you how to vote. As a matter of fact, I'll give you this as a sidebar. I get tired of people saying, vote, telling me to vote. You're not my daddy. When you tell me to vote, you're you are trying to tell me to vote for your person. I'll do what I choose to do. But you yelling vote and screaming vote, it makes it seem like you think that's your salvation. Salvation of who? The Lord. So what we do is we say we go going to heaven. We're going to get caught up in the rapture. We're going to be away from all that. There's going to be a thousand year reign. And what it does, it causes us to walk in rebellion. We don't do what we're supposed to do. We take our talent and we bury it in the ground. That's rebellion. Rebellion is equal to witchcraft. I think that's First Samuel 23 and 15. No, 15, 23. It can't be 23. It has to be 15 because Saul messed up in the 15th chapter. Samuel was trying to cry for him. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Jesus says, I'm going to say that part from me, you that work iniquity. You want the rapture to come. You don't want to grow. You don't want to move on to perfection according to Hebrews chapter 6. You just want to sing. You want to see somebody get healed. You want to just speak in tongues. But let me tell you, the greatest miracle is to change the life from darkness to light. To build God a house out of a place where the devil's house, that you take over a place, and God is able to be in that person both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I'm getting tired of seeing the rebellion being taught. We tell people that they don't have the law, and they walk away, and Messiah said, our job is for our righteousness to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, 5 and 20 Matthew. He said he didn't come to destroy the law or God's holy commandments. He came to fulfill it. Romans 8 and 4 says the righteousness, the righteousness of the law is supposed to be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The Bible says after that, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. But what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law, because God has condemned it. Once he has condemned it in the flesh, 
then we ought to be able to walk in newness of life. But you know what we do? We continually walk in our dirt. And the Bible tells you explicitly, listen, it says in the fifth verse of Romans chapter 8, but they that are after the flesh, this is what they mind, the things of the flesh. I want to get caught up in the rapture. I want to go away in the rapture. I don't want to do the dirty work. I don't want people to talk about me. I don't want to be a martyr. I don't want to build God a house. It's going to take a lot of work. What if Nehemiah had said, I don't want to build a wall. It's going to take a lot of work. This is what they've done in the book of Ezra. Because we saw it when we went through Haggai. They built their own house. But not Yahweh's. Verse number six says to be carnally minded, fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse seven, lock this in your mind. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It's an enemy of God. For it is not subject. It is not under. See, it's not under the law of God. Neither indeed can be. But they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Listen. The carnal mind is an enemy of God. It is not subject to the law of God. We don't care. You turn away from God's law and your prayers are an abomination to him. We can't build God a house if we can't have our prayers answered. Verse 10 of Proverbs 28, as I gave you 28 and 9, whoso causeth the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit, but the upright shall have good things in possession. Ezra, the book of Ezra, a man that compiled a lot of the scriptures for us. He's going to show how God has set it up to have his house rebuilt. Yes, it had been torn down. There's a reason it was torn down. We'll talk about it. Ezra 1 and 1. I've already talked about not building God a house. I've already talked about the thing that people say you're teaching over people's head. How long, how long do you want to drink milk? How long? Till your teeth rot? Parents were one and one. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of Yahweh by the mouth of Jeremiah the prophet might be filled. Did you get that? Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that was a big, big, big domain. That the word of Yahweh by the mouth of Jeremiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Listen to me. Jeremiah prophesied and God was going to see to it that his work was going to take place. We ought to be looking at that. Yahweh has a way of fulfilling his word. He can use whoever he wants to because he wants his house built back in Jerusalem. Mm, very good. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. Listen, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That word behind that English is Y-H-W-H, or you say Bobby, and I say Yahweh. Some people say Yahuwah, but it says that the word that Yahweh stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. Not talking about a man that followed him either. And he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom. And put it also in writing. So this invalidates the foolishness of people that say, you follow a book. If you follow a book, it can't be right. The Bible has been tampered with. You going by a book. I go by the Spirit. I 
I go by the ancestors, listen to me. If writing something in a book invalidates you, then if I if you told me something about your God or your spirituality, I take one of my books, there's some over there, and I write in it what you said and automatically it would invalidate it. Listen to what I'm saying. If you as a person say that because what the scriptures say are written in a book, it has no effect, it means nothing because it's written. And all I need to do is listen to what you say, write it in a book, and if you're consistent, then all automatically it would dismiss it. But if what you are saying is true and it's written in a book, then other people can have access to it. And I don't even want to go through the rest of that, but it's written. This is what Cyrus did. He made a proclamation, words throughout his kingdom, and also, I'll put it also in writing, says, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, Yahweh Elohim, or the Lord God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. When he says he has given him all the kingdoms of the earth, I understand that somebody might say, you didn't give him America. Well, the word behind earth here is Eryx. That means the land, okay? The land that he's talking about in particular, he's given it to them. Yeah. And has charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is at Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is at Judah, and build the house of Yahweh Elohim of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver, and with gold, and with goods, and with beasts, besides the freewill offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests, and Levites, with all them whose spirit God had raised to go build the house of Yahweh, which is at Jerusalem. And all they that were about them strengthen their hands with the vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, and with precious things, besides all that was willingly offered. Also Cyrus, the king, brought forth the vessels of the house of Yahweh, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem, and had put them in the house of his God. Even those that Cyrus, king of Persia, bring forth by the hand of Mithradath, the treasurer, and numbered them unto Shazbazar, prince and prince of Judah. May God bless just even the reading of his word. So what's going on here? Now the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, Persia had come in and taken over Babylon which was an amazing thing to happen because during the time of Nebuchadnezzar, if you look in the second chapter of Daniel, Daniel had already told Nebuchadnezzar about a dream. And those that don't know about the dream, it gave him a picture of four kingdoms of the world. It was typified by a man, a big statue of a man. Man had a gold head, had silver for his breastplate area, had bronze going for the midsection and the legs were iron and clay. Uh, well, uh, iron and the toes were iron and clay and a rock, 
that was cut out of a mountain without hands crushed it, made it like chaff and blew it away. And he made him to know that there was a kingdom. There was a kingdom of God that was going to destroy all of these wicked kingdoms of the world. Nebuchadnezzar was their head of gold. And the head of gold was a monarch. A monarch is when he had the ability to make rules. And when he made rules, it was absolute rule and authority. But then it showed the breastplate. The breastplate, or the, what you would call the upper part of the body, that part was silver. So it's not going to have the power concentric like the gold because the value of it was less. That is the area of Persia. From there, we go down to the rock uh, that crushes them, which will be Yahweh's kingdom through his son. Again, am I, am I talking over your head? This is something that this is something that some young children knew. OK, in the Reformed Church, they, their children were catechized and taught this. And we don't teach our people. Why? I guarantee you the children that have been in the assembly where I teach, they've heard this so many times that they know what's getting ready to be said. But, and we don't know when they're going to have to use it, but it's, it's there because I refuse to play and act like I got to teach down to them what they already know or what they're used to. I'm going to teach. Listen, I don't come to teach what you want to hear. I come to teach what God's word has said. I teach a God-centered, a Yahweh-centered theology where Yahweh is the head and that we follow him. He is not about bowing down and capitulating to us. We are the created beings. We are not the king eternally mortal and visible that dwells in the light that's unapproachable. We come before him with thanksgiving. We enter into his course with praise. We are to be thankful to him and bless his name not that we come and he's thankful to us and bless our name was i clear if i wasn't clear go back and listen to it when it's over and you can rewind it so he says that the word may be fulfilled he stirred up the spirit of cyrus Yahweh stirred up the spirit of this man, not the fact that this man loved Yahweh, not the fact that this man was interested in building him a house, but he made a proclamation throughout his kingdom and put it in writing. And what is he doing? He's going to say, Yahweh, God of heaven, has given me all the kingdom of the earth, and he charged me. I hear it doesn't say he, but it's still talking about Yahweh to build him a house in Jerusalem. What about us? If he can do this with a man that has plenty of money in charge, how is it we can't build him a house? We have one body, and most of the time we won't build Yahweh a, a place of residency in us. We won't we'll sing a song, Lord help me be a sanctuary, true and holy, tried and true. But when it comes down to it, don't let me get angry. Don't let me lust after somebody I shouldn't lust after. Don't let me get to the place where I hear something about somebody I don't like. I'm just going to automatically assume that it's true and repeat it. I'm going to mistreat people because I felt that they mistreat me. And sometimes it's the system that's the problem and not necessarily the person. And we don't make righteous judgment. But look at this man. He says he's charged him to build him a house. I would submit to you, Yahweh has just charged us to build him a house. Where you get that from, Tim? Listen to this verse and see if you know where it comes from. Well, since I ain't going to write it down, I'll tell you. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Numa, the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, 
you are not your own. Therefore, since you're not your own, glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. And that's not a lot of God's. That's God's in the, in the what they call the possessor. Said building a house. Peter says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Be ready every always to give every man an answer for the reason of the hope that's in you is fear and trembling. We don't want to build him a house. We don't want to sanctify our bodies and we don't want to sanctify ourselves. But yet Messiah prayed, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So here Cyrus is going to build him a king, build, I mean, build him a house. A house is going to be destroyed. But he means him. Well, if you read in the eighth and ninth chapter of Hebrews, and I'm not even going to quote it to you, you will find out that all of those things were to be destroyed. You will read in Matthew 24, Jesus said not one stone will be left upon one another. Why is that? Because in John chapter 4, he tells a woman, woman, this is a woman at the well, John chapter 4, if you want to start around verse 20, when you read it on your own, the woman talks about the history of the place, Jacob, the animal, his children, etc. And Yahweh's son, Messiah says, woman, believe me, the time is coming and now is when you won't worship me in this mountain, I'll worship God in this mountain, nor at Jerusalem. He says, the father is seeking something. He's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. That is in their bodies. Are we going to build him a house? Here is a man, Cyrus. He's going to build a physical. How much more then should we be building him a house? A house that his ways can rule. A house where he can be king. We want Yahweh to be king of the world, but he's not king of our lives. Why is it we want him to be king out there, but not king in here? There's something wrong with that picture. Verse 2. I've already read verse two. Let's go to verse three. Who is there among you of all his people? Is God be with him? Is God be with him? Who is he among you? Who is he? It's your God. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. Who is it that listen to me teach? Who is it that listen to other people that will teach the truth? His God be with him. Are you willing to build him a house? Are you willing to build him a house? Are you willing to be part of his soldier? Are, a soldier? Are you willing to be part of his priesthood? Are you willing to be one of those that teach and help young people to grow? Well, let's look at Cyrus. Cyrus made those beautiful state statements what God has done, when I would submit to you that if we listen to what Cyrus has said, let's look and see how Isaiah it talked about what Yahweh would do. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 24. Quite an amazing passage. I might read about what Josephus said about it, but right now I'm not for the sake of time. In Isaiah chapter 44, 24, it says, Thus say Yahweh, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am Yahweh that maketh all things that stretches forth the heavens alone and spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. Do you see how tasty that is? I mean, like, look at me. I'm the one that does this. I'm not, whatever I'm getting ready to tell you, 
just remember who I am. So when I say what I say, you don't have to be amazed. Look at who I am. Look at my credentials. Yahweh thus said, Yahweh, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am Yahweh. I make all. I'm going to leave the things off which is in a talent. That stretch it forth to heaven. Look at the masses of my power. Look at the heavens, I do it alone. I spread forth the earth by myself. Look at my power that frustrates the tokens of the liars. Listen to me. I don't care about you lying. I don't care who you are. And make diviners mad. They can go and do what they call the Wakanda. They can go talk to the dead. They can go talk to the spirit. They can use a Ouija board. They can do any kind of magical potion that they want to do. They can do astral projection. But I make the diviners mad because I would make whatever they get to hear wrong. I turn wise men backwards. You can plan what you want to do to this city. You can plan what you want to do to these people to destroy them. You can plan your vaccination. You can plan your eugenics. You can plan the uh, annihilation of a people or destroying a country. He said, I can turn the wise men backwards and make their knowledge foolish. Listen to this sweet part. That confirmeth the word of his servant. Notice, this is why it's imperative that we teach God's word not ours. He don't confirm your word. Listen, confirm it the word of his servant. That means his servant is saying what he wants to be said and perform the counsel of his messenger. That said to Jerusalem, thou shalt be inhabited. And to the cities of Judah, ye shall be built. And I will raise up the decayed places thereof. All of this was said through Isaiah before the city was laid waste before they were taken into captivity. But listen to him as he waxes eloquently, poetically. That said to the deep, the deep is what we're talking about, deep in the ocean or, or the black, a place where they did not want to be, be dry. And I will dry up rivers. That's my power. 28, that saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasures. Even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built. And to the temple, the foundations or the foundation shall be laid. This is what Yahweh says is going to happen. This is what Yahweh is saying is going to happen over a hundred years before it takes place. Names the individual. I don't care if people want to call it Deutero Isaiah. I don't care they want to call it Trito Isaiah. Anybody that does not believe the word of God, Anybody don't believe what Yahweh says and said that there's no uh, no way possible that he can predict the future, then you need to quit trying to predict the future. That if I do what you say, everything is going to be a utopian bliss because you're trying to predict the future. As a matter of fact, you try to predict the future every time you go get ready to go out and, and crank your car. What you're doing is you're looking at something that has happened in the past where your car was before the identity of the vehicle that you say is yours, and you think because in the past it was the same thing, the next day you went out, you're going to project into the future, you're going to project into two months from now that the same car will be yours, okay? Have you ever projected and thought that a car was yours and you were in the parking lot trying to stick your key in the car and it was a car that looked like yours? How much so then when you think your memory is always going to be trustworthy? Wait till you be around somebody that's losing their memory. And you begin to realize the person can be cogent and lose memory. What we do is we begin to project. Yahweh doesn't have to do that. All things are naked and open unto the eyes of him to whom we have to do, the Bible says. 
45 and 1. If you notice 45 and 1, you can see when they put chapter and verse in here, that wasn't a good place to put a new chapter. Notice, let me read the, the last stanza or the last clause in the, the 28th verse of chapter 44. Thou shalt be built, and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. Thus saith Yahweh to his anointed. Now, when you see, when he calls Cyrus anointed, that word is Mashiach. Thus saith the Lord, because that's what, that's what Messiah means. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations. Remember, Cyrus said, I got all the kings of the world, to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings. In other words, the king's loins are loose. Probably they might have a little problem and need to clean up afterwards. To open before him to leave the gate. They understand that when Cyrus came in and took over Babylon, that they went, well, his, his general went in under the, under the gates of Babylon that they had set off so that they thought that nobody could come in. He just went in and, they, and he did not even know this passage exists. And the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut and sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness. I'm going to submit to you before we finish this passage tonight, you're going to see that Yahweh gave this to Cyrus. And the hidden riches of the secret places, that thou mayest know that I, Yahweh, which called thee by name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and for Israel, mine elect, I have even called thee by name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am Yahweh. There is none else that can stretch the heaven, that can stretch the land, that can dry it up, that can do what I do the way that I do it, because I do it so well, because everything I do, I do it well. I'm the one that set the judgment of what well is. Mm, 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 mm. Out of Lord, I am Yahweh, there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though you have not known me, that thou mayest know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I, Yahweh, I, Yahweh, I form, I, I form the light. I create the darkness. I make peace. I create evil. I, Yahweh, do all these things. Please understand, when you see all of this credential, when you see all of this kind of talk coming from him, and Cyrus, king of Persia, I'm looking, I have two Bibles open, so I, I, I'm looking at one with Isaiah 45 over here, then I'm looking back over here, Ezra chapter 1, and I'm looking at where he says in the second verse, Yahweh has charged me to build him a house. We don't know exactly what he told him. It doesn't record it. But this is what the king says. And he says, I got to do it. And he put it in writing. So under his rule of the Medes and the Persians, when he makes a decree in order for him to change it, he's got to go through a committee. If Nebuchadnezzar said he could change his mind when he wants to, just like when he was going to destroy Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the names that he had given to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, he could change it. So he's going to build him a house. Listen to what I'm saying. 
if Yahweh could change the mind of this king who who didn't even know him and make him do, why can't our minds be changed? Why can't our minds be changed to go and build Yahweh a house? How are we going to lay a foundation? There is no other foundation that can be laid, that other which is Christ. But I will submit to you, in order for us to build him a house, we're going to have to build it. Like the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, we're supposed to be built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. We listen to the apostles because the apostles, they came after Messiah, but the apostles will point you back to the prophets because what the prophets say is going to explain, is going to help you understand, and then the chief cornerstone is the Christ. So we take the Christ, we take the words of Christ, we look at what the apostles said about it, and then what we do, we look at what the prophets have said, and you see it's going to be a homogenous whole that will tell you how to build a house. What do you mean build a house? There's two houses that we build. We build our own individual house, which is individual, and we build the corporate. They had to build him a house, but it had to be those that were willing. And so that's why if you look at verse number three, whosoever remaineth in any place, he owned a lot of places where he sojourned. Let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts besides free will offering for the house of God is at Jerusalem. Whatever you have that you can contribute for the sake of Yahweh, not for your sake, for the sake of his honor, for the sake of his presence, for the sake of him being able to come down because he is determined when you come and meet where I appoint you, I will come and bless you. Didn't he say it? There's got to be a place where righteousness would be taught and where they would be able to have a place for the atonement of their sins because he has not made it universal yet insofar as he will through his son. Another thing he hadn't done, he hadn't made it where we've gotten rid of what is called the Levitical priesthood and replaced it with the priesthood that would come from Judah. But if you don't know the Bible, Tim, you're talking over my head. I'm talking like this because this should become commonplace knowledge that Levi was a priest, but Levi had already paid tithes in Melchizedek. Look at Hebrews chapter 5, 6, and 7. You'll see it. He already has shown that he was subordinate to another priesthood that was over him. Abraham paid tithes of this man. So with the change of priesthood, there comes a necessity of change of law. But if you've been reading your Bible, you know in Genesis chapter 49 and 12, you would see 10 through 12, you see that Israel, who was once Jacob, said the scepter shall not depart from Judah. The king, the kingship will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver till Shiloh come, and to him will be the gathering together of the people. Who is it writing the laws in your heart and in your mind? Levi did not write laws in people's heart and in their mind. It would always be God that would have to do that for people. And now this lawgiver said, I'll do it. When I do it, they also know me. When you know him and you do what he says, he'll forgive your iniquity and your sins. Are you willing to do what's necessary to build? I see people begging for money, cash out, PayPal, push pay, hashtag this, hashtag that, begging and, 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 and listen. If you know that that ministry or another ministry is really building up God's kingdom by his righteous standard, by his holy instruction, his holy laws, 
interpreted the way that God wants them and you're not willing to help it, the Lord is watching you. Do you, do, do you submit money to Netflix? Do you help build Disney? Do you help build any other thing that's going on, the Falcons, the Broncos, or, uh, any college team? But when it comes to the things of God, you just lay on the ground. Paul said, you you minister, you give to those people that give you carnal stuff. He said, are we not worthy of the spiritual? Here this man says, those that are willing. He didn't even talk about those that weren't. Bring your gold. Bring your silver. Help with goods and with beasts. We need something to haul, the transport, and work. Besides the free will offering for the house of the God that's in Israel. Do you think he came up with that on his own? He said he was charged. Verse 5. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin. Those that don't like the patriarchy. Look at what it says. Then rose up the chief of the fathers. So you have a lot of fathers, but you have leaders of the fathers who are leaders of their families of Judah and Benjamin. Those are the ones that stayed in Judah. That's the, that's the southern kingdom. And the priests and the Levites with them, whose spirit, listen, God had raised. God had agitated their spirit to go up and build the house of the Lord. Do we let God agitate us? Do we let God stir us? Do we let God raise us by the prettiness of his word? Unless you've gotten to the place that you can look at God's law and understand it and rejoice over the order, over the justice, over the mercy, to know how to judge when something is right or wrong, to know how to judge and look at a situation and say, God, not only is God going to deal with this, but this time he wants me to assist in judging if you if you don't look at the order that would be if we followed it and find it to be exhilarating, we're not like the Messiah. You see, they that are of the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. Remember in Romans 7, the ones that people like to quote and say that Paul said he couldn't do, and they're not understanding. He's talking about under the, under the, with the dominion of the sinful nature. But didn't he say that the law is good and just and holy? Didn't he say it? Didn't he say it? I know it did because I read it. Let us raise us up to go build him a house, not just a building, not just walls with air conditioning, not with the pool that you do baptism in, but build him a house that's clean. Build him a house that's really going to be sanctified and holy. Not everybody going to have access to this body except who are married. To bless his everlasting name. My mind is not going to be the place where you're going to be able to teach me and tell me everything, nor my children. I'm not sending my children to your Canaanite school and let you damn my children. And I don't do anything to debrief them or to deal with them or see what you're teaching them. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to build him a house, me, and I'm going to build him a house, my family. Did he raise you up to do that? If not, he didn't give you what he gave Cyrus or those other people. So you build a house which is in Jerusalem. We're supposed to be building the Lord a house because we're supposed to be part of the heavenly Jerusalem. Well, yeah, Tim, I don't know nothing about a heavenly Jerusalem except for Revelation 21 and 1. We'll go back and read your Bible sometime, Hebrews chapter 12. Start reading at verse 21. You'll see that there's a heavenly Mount Zion. There's a heavenly Jerusalem because Jerusalem is city of peace. Well, look at the seventh, I mean the sixth verse. It's very pretty. And all they that were about them strengthened their hands with the vessels of silver, with gold and goods and beasts and with precious things besides all that which was willingly offered. 
those that were interested in building the house of the Lord, they did their part, they helped. It's similar to the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, where you see all of those gifts given. All of those gifts were really built to edify the body so that the body would make a holy temple unto the Lord. And then if you look at it, you see the gifts, they had gifts that they loved more than others. They really, really put emphasis on the tongue. They did. Although tongues is a sign of a curse and people don't like to hear me say it. Do I care? Do I care? When I read the Bible, I read 1 Corinthians 14, 21 through 23, and it says it's a sign for those that don't believe. I don't care what you say. And don't go tell me Romans 8 and 26 tell you that um, the Holy Spirit speaks for us. Well, it says with groanings it cannot be uttered. But in Deuteronomy chapter 28, I believe it was 46, he said, I'm going to I'm gonna send and make you learn a language. I'm going to have people speaking to you with a tongue you don't understand. That was a sign of a curse for Israel because of the fact they were supposed to be the light of the world. They were supposed to be the judges of the earth. Now you have to learn somebody else's language. Look at what Shadrach, Meshach, or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah had to do. They had to learn the tongue and the language of the Chaldees instead of the Chaldees having to learn the language of the Hebrew. The same thing that happened when the Assyrians took the northern kingdom and took them into captivity in 722 B.C. They got people in there that didn't even know the language, didn't know the worship, and God sent lions to kill them. I'm just saying what Paul has said. I'm not making it up. But, Tim, but, but, but people do it anyway. Let them do what they do. If they still find a way to serve Yahweh, and that's the and that's the issue that we have a bone of contention, can we work with building Yahweh a house? Can we work with being sanctified? Some things, some things we are taught. I still have stuff that I was taught that I don't realize is there until I go and let it come face to face with God's word. Then do I keep what I thought, or do I jettison it, or throw it away and stick with God? We have different levels of learning, but it shouldn't be that we are comfortable there. And we're building God a house. Let's build it. Verse 7. And Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord. Listen. And Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the, of the Lord. Why is this Persian having the vessels of Yahweh's house, which were not even supposed to be touched by everyone, which are not supposed to be outside of his kingdom, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem, and had put them in the house of his God. It's because the people had turned away from Yahweh's laws, from Yahweh's instructions. And what he did was kill some of them. He sent them into captivity. He kicked them out of the land. He plucked them, as what King James said, plucked them up out of the land and allowed them to be taken into captivity. And what I need you to understand, that's a picture of when a person is put out of an assembly. Just because they were put out of, the, out of the land, that didn't mean they all would die. Some will. Some would die out in their rebellion. That what he had already said in Leviticus 26. He had already said in Deuteronomy 28, go past verse 15, all the way to 30. And you'll see that he said some of them, he would allow them to come back. Some people, when they're out there and they're being mistreated by Nebuchadnezzar, when they're being mistreated by the Persian, when Haman wants to kill every one of them, when they get to be mistreated by Alexander the Great and Antiochus Epiphanes, some people call it Antichus, okay? I pronounce it the way it looks to me, syllabicated. Anyway, when they start to mistreat and you want to come back home, then the Bible has already said that what would happen is Yahweh, after a period of time, would allow you to come back. 
So what we begin to understand is we as a people, whenever somebody gets put out of an assembly, it is not to damn them. It is to make them consider. Do you understand? If Yahweh had to kick them out of the land, he'd had to kill them all. The land was polluted with blood. According to the 35th chapter of Numbers, the only way the land could have been cleansed is by the blood of them that shed it. Where it says, Nebuchadnezzar brought forth the vessels he brought forth out of Jerusalem and had put them in the house of his gods. Let's go quickly. Give me about eight more minutes. In Second Kings chapter 24, I want you to see why. I want you to see why. I know I've told you, but I want you to see it in the scripture. Why, the, why they were taken out of the land, why God's house was destroyed. And I would submit to you, this is why our house is supposed to be a house of God will be destroyed. It will be torn down and all of our goodness will be given over to another kingdom. 24 and 1, second Kings. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant. Three years, and he turned and rebelled against him. Jehoiakim rebelled against the king. Let's, let's just read on because I wanted to do it in a shorter amount of time. And Yahweh sent against him bands of Chaldees, bands of Syrians, bands of Moabites, and the children of Ammon, and he sent the fight against Judah to destroy it. Do you see the four nations, Chaldees? Syrians, Moabites, and Ammonites. Who sent them? God. To destroy, according to the word of Yahweh, which he spake by the mouth of his servants, the prophets. I'm going to fulfill their word. That's what he said he would do in Isaiah. Surely at the commandment of Yahweh came this upon Judah to remove them out of his sight. This is where you get excommunication from. It's not new. When Paul says he's going to give a person over to Satan, that's not new. This is the pattern. You think he's going to put them out of his sight and let them die and be gone forever, have none left, and not keep his word to Abraham? Duh. All right, read to him. It says, for the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he did, Manasseh was the son of Hezekiah, and for also the innocent blood that he had shed, for he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not punish, which Yahweh would not pardon. What did I say? Pardon? Oh, no, no. He wouldn't pardon. Here's the, here's the issue. If you see Yahweh did that because they had innocent bloodshed, and the Bible says that every nation that fear him, he's accepted. That's what he says in Acts 10.35. How much so then when we see in the Bible that the Bible said the wicked shall be turned into hell and all of the nations that forget God. America, we have shed much innocent blood. Maybe even the people that's listening to me right now, you kill children by abortion. And I'm talking about willingly and paid for it. As a matter of fact, I, I heard today that a basketball player offered a woman a million dollars to abort their child and the woman wouldn't do it. We shed with innocent blood. I would submit to you that the damnation that came on them is what caused their house to be destroyed. I would submit to you that the things that we do that are similar to what that nation did would destroy our house. And unless Yahweh grant us forgiveness, we'll never build him a house. Five. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim, all that he did are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? You ought to read the Chronicles sometimes because you get a different aspect. Not that it's different, but it's like, I think one was from the king's point of view and the other is from the recorder's point of view. 
Verse 7. So Jehoiakim slept with his father, and Jehoiakim reigned in his stead. If you don't know who Jehoiakim is, this is the son of Josiah, a righteous king. Jehoiakim would have been the grandson of Josiah. It says, and the king of Egypt came not again anymore out of the land, and the king of Babylon had taken over the river of Egypt to the river of the Euphrates. Okay, let's go to 8. Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months, and his mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Nathan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord according to what his father had done. He was a wicked young man, stupid. Why you say that? Listen to what the Bible says. He did wickedly. Do we do wickedly in our land? Verse 10, at that time, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up to Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. If you want to know a miracle, uh, if you as what you call a Christian or Christian-hearted person or a believer in Yahweh of being besieged, look at who controls your schools and controls the curriculum, controls your movie, and can and tell you what's going to be in it. Your books, your entertainment, your your, your um laws. Whether you can go out without a mask or with with the mask on, I would submit to you: you are besieged by the rules and the regulations and the culture and the ideologies of other people. They besiege you, and guess what? If you don't put on one of these, sometimes you, you won't be able to buy or sell. Okay. You will not be able to sell your product if you don't wear this. You won't be able to buy unless you have this product. That's something in the book of the Revelation talks about, not being able to buy or sell unless you conform. You're besieged. And you don't see it. You're besieged. Vote for one of these and you don't want either one. You're besieged. You can see when you can't tell the difference in one from the other, which one will take you worse down the path by what they said. You'll be seized. You'll be seized if you think either one of them based upon human nature without God turning them around. It's going to make you what you want to have in your utopian frame of view. That Jerusalem was besieged. Why? Because I'm tearing it down. If we're not besieged, you don't understand what besieging is. You don't understand what it is when they put sanctions on people. Verse 11, and Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against the city and his servants and did besiege. It has another. We see the besieging here. And Jehoiachin, king of Judah, went out to meet the king of Babylon. He and his mother and his servants and his princes, his officers, and the king of Babylon took him, look, in the eighth year. So now he's 26, close to 18, and then 26, 25 or 26, Okay, and he carried thence all the treasures. Now, I didn't really care about him being 18, I mean 25 or 26. What I wanted to get to is this is why the treasures were gone. He carried out all the treasures of the house of Yahweh and the treasures of the king's house. They cut in pieces all the vessels of gold which Solomon the king of Israel had made in the temple of Yahweh, as Yahweh had said. And he carried all to Jerusalem. Now, look at this. All of their value, and all of the stuff that they had of great value, it became his. Do you want all of your abilities? Do you want all of your time? Do you want everything that you do to become that of the kingdom of Satan as opposed to the kingdom of God? You want all your gifts, your singing, your music, your talents, everything that you do insofar as education? It's everything about you building up somebody else's kingdom instead of God. Because if you're not going to build up Yahweh's kingdom, if you're going to allow perversion to go along, if you're going to allow wickedness to go on, he didn't just besiege that city. He will besiege you. He will bring or tear you down. And what he'll do is he'll make you suffer loss. 
That's his pattern. But when you suffer loss, often that's someone else's gain. This is warfare. This is warfare, and we should be building Yahweh a house, but we're interested in building our house, or the Republicans a house, or a Democrat a house, or the Progressives a house, or an activist group a, a group a house, or we're interested in building a house of pleasure. Yahweh can't get it. So look at what they carried away, and he carried away from Jerusalem. All the princes and the mighty men, notice, mighty men of valor, 10,000 captives, and all the craftsmen and smiths, and none remain. I would submit to you, if you think that the people in Israel now, the Ashkenaz, if you think this is who these were, then you go ahead and think that. But I'm telling you now, where did these people come from? They weren't coming from Europe. They weren't coming from Prussia. They weren't coming from Russia. They weren't coming from the Ukrainians. They were not coming from the areas of the Baltic. These are people that were right there where Ethiopia was, right there where Egypt is. And these are the people of that region, even Tyre and Sidon and Syria. These people look like us. And they weren't dummies. And they weren't Ungawa like they had us looking on Tarzan. These people were not stupid. They were not dumb in the head. These people that they had here, they were men that could come and build up cities like they had built up Egypt. I would submit to you that the people that were brought here to America and the people that were brought to the Caribbean and the people that were brought to Jamaica are craftsmen. As a matter of fact, when I got out of school for construction, I, I finished early, and I used to get to go out and make money. Mr. Diva would let me do that in the trade school, but this is something that was quite amazing. When I finished school, I realized I didn't know everything. It didn't take me long to figure out. They taught me enough to work for somebody. They taught me how to measure, how to cut, how to figure things out, how to, but insofar as to just do it, to just do everything, because the floors inside of the school were level. The floors inside will level you. have marks on certain things, and if anything was going wrong, you can just ask Mr. Deaver. When you're in the real world and the wall's not square and the floor is leaning, it's different. But here's the point that I'm making. When you see all of that that took place, you realize you've learned. You can do things, but they make it like we stupid. And if that's what they did then, and you look at them rebuilding stuff in America that with the craftsmen and all of that, you begin to understand they knew something. They knew that these black people were not uh, retarded, but you're going to teach them that they were. They built up Washington, D.C. They built the homes. They built the homes. They plowed the field. They planted the stuff, and they made better medicine. I got it in my book, Medical Apartheid. I got it. So they took the captives. Craftsmen and the smith, and none remain except the poorest of the people. That ought to let you know anybody that was shipped over here to America, you don't ship the poorest and the dumbest. You ship those that can make you money. And he carried away Jehoiakim, and I'm not going to read the rest of that because he's going to go again and say the same thing in verse 16. And you brought the men of war and you took them to Babylon. Why? Why did they lose their men? This is the part that I need you to get. Why did we lose our craftsmen? Why do we lose our strong men that are for war? Why do we lose those people? It's because we did not build a house. We got a, we got an ethnic house. We did not build Yahweh a house. And so when we get taken captive by TV, we get taken captive by a job, we get taken captive by, by um, what you call political parties, 
they give you a little bit of something and then they enslave you to what it is you like and they take us again and make us captive. What Yahweh wants to do is let me take you captive. I'll make you rule. I'll make you reign. That's about all I want to give on that. And the last thing, I'm not even going to look it up, is so he says he, he put them in the house of his gods. And in Daniel chapter 5, verse 2 through 4, one day Belshazzar was having his party. He took the vessels of God, the things that God has given him, and he was going to exploit them. He was going to drink out of them and have a party and get drunk. And Yahweh said, time is up. And I hand start writing on the wall. It said, many, many, tickle you for things. Boy, I added the boy, boy. I said, I said, I said, boy. Guess what? You were weighed in the balance and found wanting. And Darius or Darius was able to go in and capture that whole kingdom without even fighting anybody. I read somewhere, I think it was days before the people had known what happened. When you build Yahweh a house, please hear me this, hear this. When we build Yahweh a house, we don't realize not only are we protecting our families, we're protecting our goods, we're protecting everything that Yahweh has given us to build our own civilization. When we don't build Yahweh a house, when we don't become a house of God, we are left open to plunder. We are left open to anything that will destroy us. Please consider building Yahweh a house. He can use anybody he wants to. He can use anybody even unsuspected. He can use me. If you don't think he could use you, he could use you. I remember before I married my wife, years, maybe six years before I married her, was it even more than six years? And I said, God ain't going to use me because I ain't living right. And you say, how do you know? Because I know how I'm living. Yahweh whipped that butt real good. Yeah, he did. In the words of my late father, Billy Merritt, he whipped it good fashion. And now I'm scared of him. Now, okay, yeah, put the now in there. So the point being made, do you want to build Yahweh a house? Yahweh can build a house and use anybody that he chooses. Please, please let it be us. Let it be us. Let I, I Look, even if all we're doing is carrying the wood so somebody can be, let it be us. If all we're doing is providing the cars or the mules or whatever, let it be us. If it's only donating money or food, let it be us. Last little fast story. When I was a boy, we were going to rebuild a church called Mount Calvary Church of God Holiness. We were going to add to the church. As boys, it wasn't much we could do. We could carry wood, and the ladies would bring food, and the men did the work, and they built that church. We helped build a lot of churches. So can we now build houses for God that's not based on a foundation that's in dirt, that doesn't have rocks in it, it doesn't have wood structures. It doesn't have windows. But a house that he can live in and that he can go anywhere, anytime he wants to and let his Shekinah glory show forth from us. If we'll do that, we'll not only change our lives, we'll change the life of our children, we'll change the lives of our neighborhood. With that, I'm going to close for the night and just open up a discussion if there's to be any. Yahweh Elohim, Most High God, I thank you for allowing us to go through and see that you set certain people to help build your house. You wanted it built. I know you want a house with each and every one of us. 
Help us to consider to be willing, whatever it takes. Not looking for every miracle, but looking for the miracle to be concerned about your things, to be concerned about honoring and glorifying you, building your house, and then whatever miracles come, come. That's what you said through Haggai. They took care and built themselves cedar walls. They built them houses, nice edifice. They were concerned about what they were concerned about. But the one thing they failed to do was take care of what you wanted first. Help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, which is the righteousness of the law. And then you would add to us all of the things that are necessary for life, godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, so that we will not be unproductive. Amen, amen, and even so, amen. I now open our class for discussion. If there's any discussion or rebuttal, anybody don't like what I said, uh, we're open for discussion now. And thank you for those that have joined in with, with us tonight. I'll look and see if there's any discussion on the on the Facebook. Sometimes there'll be comments. Yep. Kamar, Kamar, how do you say that? I he is I gotta be Halil. If I got it wrong, he can he can write down how you want to syllabicate it. Kamar Ahil A, he used the harlot to help save Israel. Didn't he do it? Rahab the harlot and she got to marry. She got to marry, I think it was, was it Boaz or was it Salmon? It's in Matthew chapter 1. And he said he can, he can use who he wants. Yes, he can. But people think he can't use Donald Trump. I know people think he can't use Joe Biden. I, that people probably think he can't use uh, Kamala. Now, I can tell you what I think, but I know him. See, I know him. It, uh, who would have thought that he would use Nebuchadnezzar to let us know that he sets up one and tears another one down and that he's the most I, I believe Nebuchadnezzar was saved. When I read Daniel chapter 4 and 5, oh, yeah. But he's got that right. And Miss Miss Beasley say, teach us God's way so we will catch up. We got to do it. We got to. How do you say this, M-I-G-N-O-N? Is that Mignon? You know, because S-I-G-N is signed. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at Mignon Beasley. Because I always call him Miss Beasley. Mm -hmm. Any other comments? Adrienne, did you have any comments, Precious Love? Not even a scintilla. I'll say this. This is what my life is about, building him a house. And to help other people build their house. I mean, what else is there for me to live for? If they gave me 50 minutes, go ahead, Gary. When you were talking about how I think it was Cyrus was allowing certain things to be taken back, mm -hmm. it it that that helps me to understand that if 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 we're faithful and trusting what God says instead of really thinking about how things appear, he's 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 actually faithful. He, he like you said something about Nebuchadnezzar. Change and I think you went to the verse where he changes the heart or something like that of kings. You wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect that um, Cyrus would have done that. I I was thinking about that the last few days, like you know, just why or how, but you know, that's 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 in God's plan. So if, if we're faithful, I mean, we're we're not always going to see 
we'll begin to take the results of what we want, but it's really what God wants. You know, we can want it for God, but it still amazes me that he did that. You know, I mean, they were taken captive, but um, I guess the point is, is the trust in what God says. And um, a lot of times there'll, there'll be uh, the unexpected that happens. And so for them to be able to take gold uh, or whatever, whatever back, you know, that's, that's amazing to me. So if we're faithful, then we'll, we, we can see that the Lord will move in ways that we we know we can't really do it. So you you had quoted a verse that I've been thinking about a little bit. Um, I, at least I'm I'm thinking that you did. It's it's in um how is it? It's it's in him to will and how does it go? I can't even so think. To of will and to do of his good pleasure. Yeah, to will and to do of his good pleasure. And um, so that that's that's something that just really stood out to me. It, that, um, it, it really goes is is that work out your own salvation with fear and mm-hmm. trembling. For it is God that dwells in you, or God in you, both to will and to do mm-hmm. of His good pleasure. So when people yeah. say that there's nothing for you to do, that's a God damnable lie. You're not doing anything on your own. Go ahead. Uh, that that was that that was just something that just really stood out to me. Um, just be faithful because even if it doesn't look like it's working out, he's, he's, you know, when you say give God the glory, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be glorified. And so, um, if, if it's a reminder to whomever or even to ourselves, you know, he's still, we're still supposed to be faithful. So that, that was just really loud to me. Thank you. I don't Mm -hmm. remember if I said, what I wanted to say, but just in case I didn't, you reminded you reminded me of one of the most beautiful scriptures uh, in the world. I believe it's Proverbs 21 and 8. I, I want to read it. It's not 21 and 8. It's 21 and 1. Please forgive, Tim. It says, the king's heart is in the hand of Yahweh as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. See, I did not want Hillary to be president back during the time she was running. I had seen what had happened to Haiti. I had seen what had happened with the foundation. I knew what she felt about abortion and black people. But had God selected her, I wouldn't have been going tearing down buildings. I wouldn't have been throwing rocks. I wouldn't have been uh, attacking the police because I know the scripture. I know this scripture. When you mistreat me, if if it's not a situation where I can bust you in the mouth or bust you upside the head because you are persecuting me for Christ's sake, and I don't believe he's told me in a situation like that, in some of them I take it. In others, I think he told his disciples that they could get a story. All situations are not the same. That's why we need to mature so that we can tell. Instance, I'm out somewhere. You know, I'm with my grandbaby, and some guy tried to grab her. I, I get, I'm either going to die trying to protect her, or I'm going to go to jail, or somebody's going to be hurt. One, one, of, one of those kind of situations. Why? This is a time for me to defend. The Bible also says that about the wives. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church. 
and has given himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. I don't think most people look at that is that he actually whipped some people's butt at the first of his ministry, or he at least made him a scourge of small cords. He did it at the last because he said, you all are turning this place into a den of thieves. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. It's going to bring damnation on you. You don't understand what you're doing. But then he gave his life in war. He, he gave We don't understand that through death, according to Hebrews chapter 2, he defeated Satan. How did he do it? Absolutely legally. Legally. He, didn't, he could have done it without taking on humanity. But when he did it legally, remember when, when Abraham had the covenant and the two, the, the furnace and the um, what's the other, the torch walked in between it. Abraham was asleep. He already had sentenced himself to death if Abraham or his descendants broke the covenant because he substitutionally went through it. One, so when they did it, he already. Had is determined to be the substitute. Number two, it says if the rulers of this world had known that when they killed the Lord, that that would be the end of their victory or that they would not have power, that would defeat them, they wouldn't have done it. See, because Deuteronomy chapter 19 says a false witness, a false witness, whatever they wanted to happen to the other one with their false witness would happen to them. Satan had accused him falsely had him put to death. That's how he defeated him. Could you imagine the only way you can defeat somebody is through death? Well, how about looking at Samson? Look at Samson. There is no other way that he could figure that he could kill so many. But when people look at that as suicide, let me show you this. Let me show you the parallel that if the rulers of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If the people, the Philistines at that time would have known, they would have never let Samson go in there with all those people in there mocking and jeering them and let somebody let him lean against the pillars. His death was their death. So I submit to you, are we willing to go all the way to build the Lord a house? I got to do it. Building the Lord a house is not like just bricks and mortar. I don't know. I know you should. Uh, so? Oh, Brett Charles, did you ever get on with us tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to listen. I'm, wait, I'm waiting on you to have something to say. <laughs> Man, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But all is well is good. Um I I like the part well. A lot of people they say first build have must count up the cost and that's one aspect of it. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't want to pay the cost. So that that is good, man. When you get people that that not only want to build a house but count up the cost because you're gonna suffer persecution when you choose to do right. And I think when you were saying the part about friendship, people don't want to hurt people feeling because they want to be their friend. Yeah. But, it's time out, though. You know, you got to tell your friends the truth. A lot of our friends would be alive if they would have, you know, been a real true friend to them. Mm. Just told them the truth. And just told them the truth. 
I, I listen, not listen, but I look at, I uh, hear some of their things about these rappers be saying about their friends, how they start going off on the path instead of them telling the truth they was in for the money. They was in for the money, like the guy from Criss Cross, uh, the rapper uh, Criss Cross. Mm-hmm. His friends, then when they was doing the heroin, instead of them saying, man, it's not right, they kept doing it because he was supplying it to them. But I think everybody needs someone that's going to tell them the truth. I agree. I can tell you this much. But Charles, when we don't tell the truth and we worry about our friends not liking us or what they're going to say, they don't worry about what you're going to say. They don't mind hurting your feelings. We're the ones that don't realize we're at war. They may not realize we're at war, but they realize I'll do anything to shut your mouth up and stop you from telling me about my wickedness. That's war. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. I just think about stuff when you're in school. You know, they say you're smart. People going to talk about you if you're smart, and they're going to talk about you if you're dumb. So which one you rather be? <laughs> I, I believe I'd rather be smart. Right, exactly. And we better get that way when it comes to the things of God. I, I'm going to ask anyone that's watching us and that this has been thought-provoking to go ahead and share this message because I believe that the only way we're going to get help as the, as the people of God or just our ethnic group, we're gonna to have to build. We're gonna to have to build Yahweh a house. If not, it will be our descendants. We got to build him a house, else our group, our group of people, we're gonna be his enemy. Jesus said, "You either gather or you scatter. Either for me or against me. I can't be building my own house." Had God said, which was going around the same thing, and not build God a house, and everything be okay. He can turn the heart. Whoever win this election, he can win the election and all of them die. COVID. It doesn't matter. Look, he turns the heart of the king like he does the water. You ever seen a tsunami on TV? You ever seen a hurricane? And they say the water's swirling Yahweh. But we're not mm-hmm. trusting him. We trust in every kind of spiritual entity but him. Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you knew about the hawk. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, used to watch, I used to watch videos on it when it was still the VHS with Nick Begich, EarthPulse.com. They did a lot of new age stuff, but I exposed myself to see what the other side is doing. I, I guess that's what you call reconnaissance. Anything else? No, thank you for thank you for sharing that with us. Is there anyone else that I see on the Facebook? I see Kamar Ayel. I'm going to say Ayel L, and I think it's Mia Mignon. But I I just you know you can know people's name how to you can say it when you hear them say it. But when I see it spelled, it's like is this what they say? Have you, like your name is Andrina. People call you Andriana, Adriana. <laughs> just, let her, just let her tell you what her name is. Hey, quit trying to, to see how it's spelled. Is there anyone else? 
I just want to say that uh, when it came to them going back and rebuilding, mm -hmm. there was an order already established. Tell, tell us about it. Go ahead. So they, they went back, but it already been ordered and got lost and how the building of the tabernacle, it may be not the same measurement, mm -hmm. but it had the same instrument Absolutely. and the same order of service. And so, and that was still the, the establishment of the law that should have never really left their hearts, even though they were in uh, Babylon. But when they came back, there was, they were mostly on one accord as to building and they had that order already in mind that it was already established. And it was bringing that back just to this particular region in, 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 in Jerusalem. So I'm saying that to say that even with us, when you talk about us building a house, there must be, we have to have an order that's established and that's agreed upon with all of us, all of us who intend to build. And we'll see later on in Ezra and Nehemiah that there were some things that they had to do to solidify, you know, and there are some people who could not build with them, you know, and there were some things that they had to reestablish in God's law and the way that things he had ordered them. And we have to agree on what righteousness is. We have to agree on what lawfulness is. You know, when we build in this this kingdom, do we go and say, well, you know, we're going to build God a house, but we're going to use the Constitution to order it. Or we're going to use what everybody feels, yeah. you know, to, to order this house, in which will it won't be any order. There will only be chaos. So just being able to establish that, and that's the problem we have, because people, like you said, they want to be taught where they are, and they want to stay there. But Apollo was even mighty in the scriptures, and yeah. he had uh, Priscilla and Aquila come and teach him more, and he received that. And even with the Ethiopian eunuch that came, he's reading Isaiah. That I don't understand it. I want to know what it means. And I work for and the I, queen. Yes. And so you still see that people want to know what God's order is. And we want to go higher. We want to build and we want to build. But that order has to be established. And we all have to agree on what righteousness is and what the law is, what the law for the kingdom is. And, and, and people don't want to go back to the scriptures. They don't want to go back to the scriptures to even run their own home. Lord Jesus, tell the truth. Talking about building a house for the Lord. So that that first needs to be established, you know, in our own homes. So when we come together as a body, that those things are already established. And that is what are we arguing about whether or not you have to obey God or not. That's ridiculous. Of course, in order to build a house, we have to agree. We all have to obey him. Yes. And so that's all. That's well, I appreciate that. That was that was very good, and it also it provoked thought inside of me. This is why you don't see me teaching Ezra on Saturday or Sabbath. It's because I'm teaching Ezra, but I I realize we don't have a value for the Torah, the law of God. We we really think we've done something when we obey the laws of the land. Romans 13 say obey the laws of the land. It doesn't say that. The equity of it would be that, 
but you don't understand that there are sometimes you obeying the laws of the land when they're wrong. And Peter said we are to obey God rather than man. Daniel would not bow, Daniel would not stop praying. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, we're not going to bow down to your statute. There are times when you have to disobey an ungodly law, but what we should be doing is putting ourselves in a position that we would not ever vote somebody in position that's wicked. We should be making our own choice. We should be preparing ourselves for the day that Yahweh turns this thing around and that we would have a kingdom that represents him, a house that represents him where children will be saved, not to be raised. But your children can go out and play like we used to be able to go all up and down town and nobody bother you. Boy, La Billy, what you doing? That's what they should say to me. La Billy, I've been to Court, Georgia, 50 miles or more from where I live in Gainesville. I'm out there playing and somebody come up. La Billy, what you doing? That would just scare me. You know my daddy? Yeah, I know your daddy. I know your grandmother too. I know Miss Doris. I, 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 look, I know your uncle. Uh, Oscar used to live over there. And your uncle right over there. I, I, this is what it should be. That we, you are, you are those people over there. And we know those people. And when we get to the place that the community is, co is communing around Yahweh's law, women will not be left with a whole bunch of babies. If we're not taking care of, uh, women are not going to be safe. Somebody not going to be coming in forcing us to take different kind of vaccinations. Uh, we would we got people that have treasures that have been given and taken by like the king of Babylon that they could bring these treasures back to the house of God. We know what was wrong with the body. We know what kind of herbs to take. We know what how to plant stuff. We know how to do things. And guess what? Many people that have been in the military, we can have our own. But until we determine that we're going to come back to God, I do not want to see black people trade the United States Constitution, Bill of Rights, and the things that they have done to bring us down and to humiliate us and to subjugate us and to give us oppression. I don't want to see that switch for black oppression. I've seen black oppression where black people get to be senators, congressmen, mayors, over schools, and they teach just as much wickedness and debauchery. They teach just as much hatred. They do just as much of taking bribes. They'll do things, lay up with your children. They'll take, they'll do anything that's necessary to stay in power. I don't want anybody in the house of God doing tyranny, white, black, Japanese, Chinese, or whatever. I want Yahweh to Somebody, even if it's not me, if it's somebody that has the ability to lead, and I can see that, that people will follow that person, and he's doing what Yahweh said, I'll help him. I'll help him. Everybody's not going to be the head. Everybody's not going to be the foot. That was the problem with Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. We want to be over the priesthood. We despise being like the angels carrying God's throne, the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah, but when God opened that earth and Moses said, I tell you what, you all got all this mouth and I'm not even the Christ. I got a changeable priesthood. It's Levitical. Uh, somebody coming after me, he's going to require. But I'm going to tell you something. If these men die a natural death, Yahweh ain't spoke to me. Let's see what happens in the, in the morrow. Brother Tim. Yes, sir. Quick question, though. I'm just sitting here listening to you. I remember when black people did have their own. Is that what you're saying? Because when we had our own, 
we we had Auburn Avenue, we had Wall Street, we had Chicago, we had various places that black people did good, got along, they loved the Lord, but the oppressed people came and destroyed that. And I was just thinking when the people got on one accord in the Bible, God came down and scattered and changed their language. So do you think there will ever be a time where people will come back together? Because it looked like the times that we were together, the first one that I called, God came down and scattered the, uh, the thought, I mean, changed the mind of the people. Changed it from good to bad. Mm-hmm. Did he change it from good to bad? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm misunderstanding. No, I'm saying, I'm saying when we were, as you saying, on one accord, the people yes, got together. We had before segregation, we had to depend on one another. Correct. We had to love each other because we couldn't go here and there and do all these sorts of things. And so we had our own stores, our own community, our own, you know, you, you doctor, brick mason, whatever the case may have been, we was on one accord. But the oppressed people came and and stole that, bombed us. You know, they bombed us. So I'm you're, saying, you're right. do, you ever think, do you ever think that would be a time? When if we came together, that the same old French people gonna come again. It would only they could only do that and infiltrate, bring in dissension, bring in their pornography, bring in their debauchery, uh, bribe people to do things. If we are not on one accord, wrapped around His word. If we're not wrapped right. around, if we're not wrapped around His laws, absolutely somebody will covet what they have. That's what happened to Israel. Whenever they started messing with those Midianite women, that's why God killed so many of them and Phinehas had to rise up. This is why they would serve Molech and Baal. Mm -hmm. They forgot what Yahweh had and you want what those other people have yeah. instead of looking at what we had. It's being seduced mm -hmm. by the culture. Yes. And you see, this is what we're always fed nonstop every day is a different culture. And it's like, how much of it are we going to take and incorporate it into our own lives? That's what it's there for. It's there to mold and shape you and pull you away from what God has said. It was there from the beginning. That's why they stripped us of our culture, of our language, of our God. And they put something else in its place. And so everything we've been fed is their culture now. So we get to go to school and learn about George Washington and them. And all of these people who they call the founding fathers, and they didn't find anything and found anything. <laughs> but you get to see, <laughs> but you get to see them constantly being fed that is saying this land is your land and this land is my land. This is they're feeding us a different culture, and inside of us we know that this is not ours. This doesn't belong mm -hmm. to us, and we search and we grasp for something different. And so as long as we keep doing that, and it's like we keep going to the word, because that's where, that's how we identify. We identify with the words of this book. We identify with the people in this book. So, and we identify mm -hmm. with the culture. We can get what right and wrong is. We can get that there's an establishment of justice and judgment in it. And we feel that because we need it. We need it the most. Yes, we do. And but right. everything in this culture is trying to pull us away from that culture. And it's constantly mm -hmm. being fed to us through music, through adver advertisements, through any source of media, the news, um, 
the radio, you talk about rap music, you talk about even we talk about um, R&B, everything is hyper-sexualizer when the Bible talks about us being be not fornicators, flee fornication, but we hear it all the time. And we see it all the time on the soap operas and, and all of these movies and power and and what was the other one that people love so much? Empire. And these things they are being said to us. So hard in that one. Yeah, these things are being said to us to give us a different culture, to keep us away from God and to keep us from being bound to him because they know something that we all the time don't know is that he'll fight for us. Yes. And didn't Donald Trump say one time that there's information that they have from people? Yes. And he wanted to open up the freedom of information? Yes. When I started reading about black people being Hebrews, I was in shock. Because you remember for years, I argued with you. But we got married. And black people no Jews. You know, because I knew what I knew. But I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> but that's the clash. You know, it's always. And that's where the persecution is going to come in. It's because you have a different culture. You have a different culture. And people who are you can you can say, Oh, well that's not the way you're supposed to you know you know you're not supposed to lie to people. Well, somebody's right. gonna get mad at you because that's how they make money by lying. They have mm -hmm. so they got two or three different women because they lie. You know, you know you're not supposed to just be fornicating with women and, and you don't take them in, and you need to take them in, and take care of them. You're supposed to marry them. That's what the Bible says. Well, I'm going to be mad at you. I don't, you're not going to be my friend because I'm a whore. So, and I <laughs> like it. Things, yes. And so this is where the persecution comes in. And this is where we sometimes let go of God's culture. And we say, well, you know, to each his own. And, you know, we start using these cliches. And, well, you know, who am I to say who, who love one another? Where, who's supposed to be in love with each other if they don't feel this? How can I say they weren't born this way? And, you know, certain things. So we start to let go of God's culture. And we think we got it because we still go into a church. Or we can still listen to a sermon. Or we can still pray. We think we still have him, but we are void of his culture. We void of his laws. But we've taken on the laws of the land and the laws of this culture. And this is a Greek culture, totally. Because they'll tell you they can have sex with little children. Even in California, they are passing this bill where you can't be charged for pedophilia if you 10 years, there's a 10-year range in the age of the child. And the adult. So an eight-year-old and an eighteen-year-old, this eighteen-year-old can't be charged with pedophilia. Wow. And that's in the making now. Yes. And that and that stupid woman that died, or that ungodly woman that's supposed to be a Jew, she wanted the age of consent drop down to the twelve. Consent to twelve. So now you can say that they were willing. Now what's yes. the, so arbitrary twelve? So what happened? It wasn't it something that went down the side. Yeah. Someone, some, some person, I want to say it was Theresa May in the UK, said, let, may, let, let it be nine. Well, anybody would do like because, Muhammad and get him at six. Yeah. So, but those are our children they want. They want our children. They want our children. Yeah. 
you did your own children that's bad enough, but you're talking about you seducing other people's children and you putting that in their head, teaching them anal sex in the fifth grade in Texas. I remember they were doing that during Obama days. They may have been doing it in Bush days. I just didn't know about it, but here's the thing. When Ann said, they'll teach you their culture. Do you remember the time when the child would run his mouth and back talk his parent, he gets slapped in the mouth, and, and, and that was mm -hmm. it, and that solved their problem? But you start mm -hmm. watching White World TV, and you start hearing your children on TV, I hate you, Mom! I hate you! And, and then they mm -hmm. go and they knock some off the table, and then you get the you get the little black guy they got doing they call him Arnold and they would they would have a whole lot of smart mouth. You watch and see they taught children rebellion. They brought a dumb man in there talking about women's hooters or breasts. Uh, Al Bundy made him like the father, and then love and marriage, and they taught that. They taught witchcraft on there. They taught being able to lay up with people on TV. So far, you never have to get married. They, they, I'm just telling you, they taught how to disrespect parents. They taught that the father was nothing. That was one thing Bill Cosby did. We're not going to do this. I'm going to be a father. I'm going to be at home. My children are going to learn. But I'm, but, but they always make the wife smarter than the husband. Do that. Not only that, they make, and that's what they do with Black Lives Matter. They're giving black women the witchcraft feminism, and you're going to put them over the black men, make with black men irrelevant. I guess we'll be about like a mule because they don't want us to breed. That's why they want to break a buck. And what we, and we don't realize is that we have turned away from the culture of the Lord God Almighty, who you can take every word out of the Bible. Let's just say we take every word out of the Bible today and there are no more Bibles in print. I would submit to you that there are enough books that have copied from the Bible. We could put it all the way back together again. We could do that. And, you know, people think about it and say, well, well, these other nations, they don't do God's law. And nothing happens to them, and it's like he's not their father. Oh. He's yours. You don't go around just whipping everybody's child. You're not mine. And but there's gonna come a day where you will be dealt with, and you still get dealt with now. But it's like I don't. He's not your father. He's not everybody's father. Like you said, Andrina, we don't even have an embassy anywhere to come and see us. We have no, we have no country that would come and see about us. They won't care about us. It's like you go and do something to somebody from China. You go do they somebody from France. You go do something from somebody in Japan. When they whip us, rape us, cut our penises up, take our women to have sex with them, kill us, burn us, burn us, tell you to get out this land, nigga, get out this land before the sun go down. We take your land from South County. Where do you go? They made us orphans. And that's why they treat us like that. If you vote for me, I'll give you a loan and put you in more debt. If you vote for me, well, I'm going to be better than a Republican. And we love you. We used to shoot you because you were Republican under Reconstruction. Or if you vote for me, I'm going to make you manumitted. And now you can be a great Republican. What I'm saying is let's be great biblically. If you're going to be Democrat, can you be biblical? Because if you can, there's going to be things you can't agree with. But will you be biblical in it if you're going to be if Republican, or can you be biblical? If you can't be biblical, you got an issue. You shouldn't join it. Same thing with these other activist groups. Even even when I would vote, if I vote for something, it's like I'm not a part of your party. There's one thing that you might that you might do and say you're going to do if you're not lying. That I would do that if this other person is going to do something else against it. But that don't mean I'm yours. 
I'll go to a place and buy something to eat. And that, the people I know are Buddhists. Because if I work for them and I go in the back and see this little statue, the little incense and see money, and I said, do I not buy from these people? I know what they do, but I remember the scriptures. Whatever is sold in the shambles, 1 Corinthians 10, ask no question for conscious sake. For the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. Conscious, that what I say. Not, well, not. But if they tell you, uh, 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 uh. this is offered to a God. Uh, uh, uh. See? Can't do it. And it's not even, it's not even because it's going to bother you. It's for his sake. Uh -huh. So when we're going to be biblical, let's right. be biblical. That's right. the standard. People try to remove me from that, but what they're going to give me is something arbitrary. It's going to be something inconsistent. It's going to be something that they don't even walk themselves, and they're going to put themselves as being their total absolute authority over my life, and they don't even comport with what they say, and it's able to change when they're feeling change. I, I can't do that. I got to be a man of God, and I mean Yahweh God, not a generic God. Mm -hmm. Charles, this is, this is good. I enjoy it. I wonder if Gary disappeared from from the scene. He has the ability to do that. <laughs> you gotta get I'm, her listening. I'm listening. He <laughs> <laughs> gotta get her early. He gotta get her early. Well, I hope you all will definitely be with us on Sabbath because we 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 got to build this foundation. Why Yahweh's law is the best. And I will tell you now, you show me any law, any system, and let me analyze it. And let's just see, would you want to live under that law? When you look at his, you're always protected. Your family is always protected. Your order is protected. Your children are not going to get to go up and try to kill you and take what you have and get, get away with it. Your government is not going to come in and be able to tax you out of your property after it's already yours and then charge you charge you so much taxes for your land that your land actually is theirs and you're just renting it. Yahweh gave his people an inheritance. Mm -hmm. And 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 the rich in this world, we don't have one law, despite what Sean Hannity say, it's not equal under the, under the law. Because if you don't have enough money to set up a trust, you can't keep giving your land to your children and your children's children and your children's children. But they know the value of having the wealth. That's why they keep it inside of their families, and that's why they keep it in their foundation. But Yahweh, he moves the rivers. He moves the people. And I'm telling you now, if those that listen to me don't want to grow up and be a part of it, I know Yahweh has the ability to preserve those that will follow him in the midst of turmoil. Because I've already prayed, and my desire is those that will not listen and think that what I'm saying is stupid, and they think it's funny, and they want to mock. I pray to God, Lord, please let them be here when the devastation come on America. Let their tail feel it. Let them cry. Let them mourn. Let them howl like you did the people that didn't listen to Jeremiah. They didn't listen to Isaiah. Lord, I'm trying to get them the truth, and I'm giving them enough that they should be able to do. And they mock, and they think it's funny, and they think it's cute to do homosexuality and be in the church. They think it's cute to do adultery and be in the church. They think it's cute to put provocative and obscene memes, memes out there. They think it's cute to play. They think it's cute to not stand up. They think it's cute to go along with everything. Lord, get them. They are our problem. They are weakening the hands of those that want to do right. Lord, fight. Please. Break their teeth. Put them down like a rabid dog, Lord. 
because they're hurting your people. I'm not asking you to forgive people that don't even repent. I'm not asking you to let people slide, Lord. Lord, they've had warning after warning after warning, and they still go keeping themselves teachers with itching ears. And, 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 and I'll say this. When I talk about this to the Lord, there's a thing when people don't like the Falcons losing or they didn't like the Jets losing or whatever team it is, you know what the people will say? Yeah, they need to get rid of that coach. They need to get rid of old Dan Quinn. They need to get rid of Matt Ryan. But you know what? They don't say we need to get rid of our pastor. He don't deserve to be called my pastor shepherd. He's a hireling. How can we have so much discernment about a football team, a basketball team, a baseball team, or the team that our school goes to? But when it comes to God, we show we don't care. We'll take mediocrity and just go somebody over or fall on the floor. He's going to be deep in the spirit. And deep in the spirit without being deep in the word will never lead you to be able to rule the nation. Uh, I like this and well. <laughs> we ought to be thinking in terms of ruling this nation. We ought to be preparing ourselves now. When I was 40, I determined I wanted to be a wise old man. And did I fall a lot of times? Yeah, to like, once I got my teeth into the law of God and seeing how it made me different. We need to be training our children. This is our world. Even if it were not, listen, if you had not one centilla of Hebrew blood, if you were Esauite, okay, Edomite, <laughs> and you submitted yourself under the law of God, Peter says, in any nation, those that fear him, they accept it. You just wouldn't be the root, but you would be a heck of a branch. I submit to you, any nation, they say righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a result, is a reproach to any people. I, I got to be righteous, and righteousness is not, is not what I feel, it's what he says. Glory to his everlasting name that sits between the cherubim. Gary might disagree with me, but I still stand on it. I don't care if he is my brother. <clears throat> really? I didn't think you'd let me get away with that one. Well, you all, I thank you so much. I don't see if anybody, I don't see anybody else online. So I'm going to close out and say, may Yahweh Elohim bless us, keep us, make his glorious face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. Give us his shalom and give us the mindset supernatural by the spirit as we study, as we look in his word. Teach us how to rule and reign. Start with our own spirit, our home, and then spreading out to the community so that we can gather, so that we can spread, go out there and do the harvesting work for him. Amen. Amen. Even so. Amen. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.